0: Good morning, Heights family. Good to see everybody here today on apparently what is National Go to Church Day. Did you know everybody in America is in church this morning? Isn't that that awesome? How exciting. I, I say we vote right now and make every Sunday National Go to Church Day, right? Yeah, that's... That's what pastors dream about anyway, so glad you are here and uh, man, so excited for these days that we're in right now this fall as we're kind of looking at our story and where it's been and where it's going. Last week, I kind of presented a kind of a new vision, a new target for us to put on the wall. We stated it this way in the next 10 years. The Heights Baptist Church will be a church that the 804, our neighborhood, can't imagine being without. We're going to do that by expanding to five campuses, by extending the reach of Love 804, so that, here's the purpose in it all, we have not a declining, not a decreasing, but we have our greatest platform than we've ever had before for God's Word you know as it says there for sharing the word that word word kind of entails a lot it it can be you as an individual one on one sharing the gospel with somebody it, it can be the activity of a preacher standing up here preaching teaching proclaiming god's word or what a what a life group teacher does or or just and maybe the most powerful of all, you and I believing in and living, modeling God's Word in front of people. Isn't that the best way to show what God's Word says? And, and, it, and it's doing all of these things. But as we looked at last week, you and I, we as a church, we're, we're doing that in a culture that wants to hear it less and less. As a matter of fact, they don't, they don't want to hear it at all. And, and, and so this vision kind of takes that on personally personally. We, we say, a, a, as the platform is actually decreasing, how do we get it to grow? And we said, we want to go out there and take this on with God's goodness and, and with God's love. Our our vision is shaped by what's going on in our world, where we are in our culture. It's not just a target uh, of what we do when we gather and run around inside this building doing our little religious things. But, but really, it's how you and I follow Christ out there in that world. World, and so we cast that picture, that that vision, and, and that'll be accomplished by well things like we did this last summer, where we went down into to Petersburg and we spent not a day but weeks cleaning up a park, throwing a party for that that community there, building goodwill, building goodwill with a community, building goodwill with a government. I think maybe. The best thing, the most important thing we did in that actually had nothing to do with what we cleaned up or fixed or anything. It's that we did it in partnership with Mount Olivet. We're modeling that, that hey, the races can come together. They can find unity. Not, not just because we need to all get along. No, actually work side by side To make a community, to make our country better. That's maybe the best thing we did in that moment. Or or maybe it's going north and working with our city government in Richmond as we did a couple of years ago. And and they found, as they kind of had this crazy moment, kind of a very unique moment for our area. where, Where they were the host to a world championship road race. And they found the church to be the greatest source of volunteers the greatest source of of good help and and you this church was such a big part of that it's just creating that goodwill letting people see that good things can happen when when we engage God's people and of course it's doing a lot of the things that we would think of that a church ought to be doing man it's feeding the poor It's meeting people where they are in a time of crisis, being a help, being a ministry. It's doing all of these things that we've been doing. So here's the crazy thing. So last week, I kind of helped us or kind of led us to imagine. And and I said, you know, when I go backwards and I look at kind of what we started, man, five years down the road, ten years down the road, we were being things and doing things that we had never imagined. Well, now I want to kind of contradict that. And say that a lot of our vision is not made up out of us going somewhere we've never been. Doing something we've never done. It really all is built on really what who you are. What your passions have been as we've observed that over the years. It's, it's built on the family that we are. So that's our that's our vision. That's kind of the better future we're striving after God for. Now to that vision today I want to talk about... Our mission. Vision and mission often used interchangeably, often used synonymously, and they're not synonyms. They don't mean the same thing. They're two, they're two different things. Vision is the next hill we take. That's the next target we're trying to hit. Mission is the route we take to that hill and to the hill beyond that. You notice in our vision it says in the next 10 years. We might hit the vision in 7 years. It might take us 12. We will get to that hill though, won't we? amen all right I'm not gonna be on that hill all by myself yeah we will get there and you know what will happen when we get there We'll, we'll, we'll readjust, we'll review, we'll, we'll look then. Hey, what's our family like? What's going on in the world? What does it appear might be the next hill? And at, at some point, there'll be a day in which we say, in the next five years, in the next seven years, in the next 10 years, the Heights Baptist will be, and it'll be a new hill. That's our vision, the target that we're aiming at. But the mission is the course that we always take going from target to target. In other words, the vision can actually change. The mission doesn't. This, this is who and what we are. This is what we are doing until Jesus comes back and gets us. And we have stated our mission this way. This is what we are doing. We are building relationships that connect all. And boy, folks, that word all is super important. Maybe one of the most important words in that sentence. You might remember a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the end of August, I was preaching out of Matthew 28 and we looked at, at that word there, nations. Jesus has sent us into all the world. He has sent us to the nations. And when you and I hear nations, we think of geopolitical borders, right? But the word Jesus used there was ethnos. He is sending us to all the ethnicities. That's the mission Jesus gave us to have while you and I are alive on this earth. We're to look at all people, every kind of race, Every kind of language, every kind of person. Man, we're to look at all that and see that as our target. That—that's—that's that's our mission. Is all. Think of that when you go to work tomorrow. Think of that when you go to school. Man, if your job has you traveling, or maybe you're leaving. When you get on the plane, when you're sitting in the waiting room, look at all people. Jesus said all of these. You know, you and I tend not to look at all people, do we? We separate ourselves from some, not as comfortable with some. Some scare me. Ooh, that's a, that's a bad person. I'm not sharing anything with a bad person. It, it, maybe the bad person's the one who needs to hear it the most, right? Jesus said, all people. Man, that's a whole readjustment of our mindset. We tend to have a limited view of who I want to relate with, who I want to talk to, who I want to be near. Jesus said, man, you're to be thinking about connecting all people. Now, what are we connecting them to? God-sized life and love. And that has kind of a vertical direction and a horizontal direction. Vertically, man, every person we come in contact with, we want to connect them to God-sized love, his love, his love, only his love that can forgive them of all their sins because of what Jesus Christ did for them at the cross and his death and resurrection. Amen. I I want to connect every person to that love, a love in which they find God's forgiveness, a love in which they're adopted as a child of God. We actually just sang about that this morning. He's our good, good father, a love that gives them eternal life, eternal life in heaven with God. We want to connect an individual to God's love vertically when we're connected to that love. We're now a part of a God sized life, a God sized work. You know, folks, God's will for you is not to survive from one day to the next, one bill to the next. It's not just to get through. Man, God wants you to live. He wants you to have a sense of joy, a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning. Even in the bad day, even when it's a struggle to get from one bill to the next, there is a, there is a life that God has for us in that Filled with purpose and me, We want to connect people to that. But as we as individually start connecting with God that way. We find out this is not just a vertical thing happening. It's a horizontal thing happening. See if I'm really connecting with this great love that God has for me. Then that love doesn't just pour in and stop right here. It pours right on through and out right. See I can't say boy it is so wonderful to be loved by God. Ooh, I don't want to be around you, you weirdo. No, that's impossible. Man, as I experience the the, the love of God pouring through me, I want want it to go through me and out to others where I'm loving and serving and forgiving in the same way that I've enjoyed God loving and serving and forgiving me. Yeah, I want to receive God's love, but when I've really received it, I want it to go out and we all do this together. It's loving one another together, right? And it's working together. It's living the life God has for us together. There's no recipe in the Scripture for the solo flight with Jesus. There's no no recipe in the New Testament for how you follow Jesus all alone. It's all about what we do together, how together we live a life that can, that can touch eternity, that can impact eternity, that can be that force for God's goodness and God's love so that a community can't imagine being without our church in a culture that doesn't even really like the church. See, we all together do that work. And and, and so that's what we're seeking to be about. That's what we do here at the Heights in kind of a God-sized way. Why does it say God-sized? That's an important word. You're going to see that in this mission statement. You're going to see it in a variety of other places. It's there for a couple of reasons. One of them is it's just a constant reminder to us that we're not out here trying to do good things. We're out here trying to do God-sized things. We're actually trying to do things that in our own ability and power are mostly impossible. Not difficult, impossible. We're doing things that it, our strength, our knowledge, our resources can't make it happen. We're wholly dependent upon God doing it. Now does that mean then that we're involved with God with things that we just kind of sit back and watch? I mean, it's not my power, it's not my knowledge or resources, so I just sit here and wait on God to do it? No, it's how we yield. It's how we give to God our power our resources, our knowledge, and watch what he can do with it that's so far beyond what we can imagine. There's a great story in the New Testament that's a beautiful illustration of this. So there was all these hungry people, and Jesus told his disciples, you feed them, and they said, that's crazy. We don't have the resources, the strength, the the knowledge. There's no way we can do that. And so they're rooting around in a crowd of thousands of people, and it seems to me as I read this story, they found this kid's lunch, and they just took it from him. I don't know if they pushed him down and rubbed his face in the dirt or just what, but they got this kid's lunch and they, they took it back to Jesus. Oh, I, I, we can find him some fish and, and some loaves of bread. You see, they yielded, they gave what they did have. And what did Jesus do with it? Far beyond anything they could have possibly imagined. So much more. It was a God-sized thing, right? How does one lunch feed thousands and thousands of people? You see, that's what we want to do. We want to take what we have, our strength, our abilities, our resources, yield them to the Lord, and watch what He'll do throughout this community through that. I want to show you some passages in the in the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, if you have your Bible, go ahead and and turn there now. If you're watching online right now through the live stream, I hope you've got a Bible there with you and will get that out and and look along with us. Acts, the gospel of or the book of Acts, it's it's right after the four gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, kind of more than halfway through the New Testament, and when you're reading through the book of Acts, you're kind of reading the story of the, the birth, the life, kind of the taking off, the growth of this new entity on the earth, this brand new thing called the church. And, and as, you, as I read these passages, I'm going to read three, I'm going to read them pretty quickly, I want you to listen for words that sound like a God-sized life. Or words that sound like a God-sized love. Listen for words. Doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. Just jot a few down. Or sir, Hey, I think that's one of them there. Listen to this. Acts chapter 2. I don't think I told you the chapter. Acts chapter 2 is where I'm beginning. Verse 42. Acts 2 verse 42. It says there, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now let me stop right there. It says, And they... Who, who are they? Because at the beginning of chapter 2, there's about 120 believers on the planet. There, there's about 120 on the entire earth. There's about 120 followers of Christ that we can account for. But then they, that 120 goes out to begin to live for Christ and, and Peter preaches. And in one event, in just one event, 5,000 people came to Christ. 5,000 people came to Christ, were baptized, and so now we're at the end of chapter 2. So when it says they, we're talking about what thousands of people are doing. Thousands have devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number Now what, what's the number? It's at least five thousand. And at least 5,000, That's what, that was back at the beginning of the chapter, but as the chapter ends, day by day, people are coming to Christ. It doesn't tell us the number. On Tuesday, it might have been two or three. On Thursday, it might have been another three or four hundred. Day by day, people are being added very quickly to this crowd. Chapter 4, look at verse 32. Chapter 4, verse 32. Now, you've got in your mind thousands of people, right? Yes, pastor, thousands of people. Okay, verse 32. Now, the full number of those who believed. The full number, all of them. I don't know the exact number. My guess is we are moving toward, by the time we get to chapter 4, this is happening so rapidly. My guess is we're moving to and beyond somewhere around 10,000. I mean, J- Jerusalem's a large metropolitan city of that day. 10,000 would still be, I mean, that'd be like 10,000 in New York City, hardly a dent, but still thousands and thousands, and the full number of them, every single one of those number believed who were of one heart and soul. They were of one heart and soul. And no one said that anything of any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. One more passage, chapter 5, verse 12. Chapter 5, verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. that That's a strange verse, isn't it? Who's none of the rest? It's the rest of Jerusalem. And to understand that verse, and I'm not going to read it, but you have to read verses 1 to 11. There's a very interesting, kind of a scary story that happens there. And so in that scary story, there's this kind of weird thing where more and more people are being drawn. But there's also a whole lot of people, the great majority of people, that say, you know what? I don't really like that church. I don't like that church. I don't like it here. I don't understand them. They scare me. They don't like them, but what does it say? But they held them in high esteem. Isn't that an interesting thought? That that there would be a culture out there that maybe doesn't like us, but respects. Respects what's happening. Literally sees God in the midst of us and is a little bit in awe of that. One more verse, verse 14. And more than ever, more than ever what? More than chapter 3, more than chapter 4, more than chapter 2, where thousands were coming. More than that. More than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Boy, folks, do you see it? Do you see the thousands and thousands coming? Now, what's happening? Did you pick out any words? Did you hear the words signs and wonders? Man, there's awesome works of God, miraculous works of God. There's, there's this sharing and, and needs are being met. People are, are being ministered to. The, the gospel is being proclaimed. The work of God is happening and people are coming and coming. There's this great life. There's this excitement. There's this purpose that's taking place. But did you hear any words that made you think of God-sized love? They were all together. How many times did we hear that phrase? They gathered, they gathered, they gathered, they were together. They... Who was together? These crowds, thousands and thousands of people. Now, I would imagine, I would, I would imagine some of those people already knew each other. You know, we got a pretty big crowd here for our size community, don't we? And I mean, I talked to a lot of people that come here for the first time. They may be from the southern part of Dinwiddie or up in northern Chesterfield, but they'll come in and say, oh, how do I work with that guy? Oh, that person used to live near me. I mean, you know, we're, we're large. There's enough here. You see people you know, don't you? And then, of course, as you get in here, you start to know more and more. But this is all brand new. Now, I would imagine, just like I said, they get there and, hey, hey, what are you doing? I oh, man, me too. I'm a follower of Christ also. They know each other. They've met each other. But by and large, when you start talking about 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 people, you you don't know most of those And yet look at the words that are describing them together. They're they're not just coming and being a part of a crowd, but they were of one heart. They were of one soul. There was this sense of sharing. There's a sense of family. There was this sense of taking care of each other. Did you you read that? Did you hear that and, and, and see that? Man, folks, how does any church... How does any church anywhere in the world, anywhere in Virginia, not read this and say, oh God, could that be us? Man, loving one another, caring for one another, devoted to one another. And as we're doing all this together, we're moving out And carrying the awesome, the awe-inspiring power and work of God so that more and more keep coming. And even out there where they don't agree and don't like, they they respect. How does anybody say, man, God, let that be our church. God, let let that happen right here in the 804. Now, that would be a God-sized dream, right? That that, that they're just coming by the thousands and there's this awe and there's this respect. But saying that it's God-sized. god sized Saying that we want this to happen doesn't mean we just sit back and say a prayer and wait and see and hope it happens. Yes, I absolutely say a prayer. And then I step out and I act on faith and the very things I want to see happening. If I want to see thousands of people loving one another, caring for one another, what do I got to do? I got to become one of the ones that are already here. And I've got to practice what we want to become. I've got to practice the loving one another, caring for one another, being devoted to one another. I, I've got to practice stepping out there and doing what they did. Being that witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we pray and we act. We pray and we step out on faith. And we model. We, model. we, we become what God's going to show them, right? If God's going to show him his love, if God's going to show him his power, he's going to show him through us. This isn't something that we just stand back and say, boy, God, I can't wait to see this happen. No, I make, I make my body. I make my life, my personality available to the Lord in conjunction with all of you together. We do this for a watching world. And in this moment, our watching world is the 804. That's our neighborhood. By the way, apparently for everybody, I didn't make that entirely clear last week. The 804, that's an area code. It actually happens to be our area code, right? Okay, so when we say, you say what, what, what's our neighborhood? G- Google area code 804 and you'll see our neighborhood. You'll see what God has given us a vision, a target to go after. So as we are loving and caring one another, devoted to one another, taking care of one another, we're stepping out there with the gospel and the work of ministry and doing the good out there in our community to draw day after day after day, to draw people here to his family. What are they going to see? What are we drawing them to be a part of well, I want I want to expand on that a little bit and show you. Now, I'm going to show you quite a bit here in a few minutes. It's, I mean, it's going to take just a few minutes to show you. And because of the speed at which I'm going to do it, and you think when you preach, speed's not usually the word I think of, Pastor. But anyway, I, I, I'm going to show you this. Don't don't try to grasp it all. We're we're flying over at thirty thousand feet and just trying to get a a picture. See last last week and even so far today I've just shown you sentences. Here's a vision sentence. Here's a mission sentence. I want to show you a little bit bigger picture now of what people would be coming to of of what we are, what we're attempting to be, and so you're go- these things I'm going to show you real quickly. You're, you're going to you're going to hear this in more preaching. You're going to hear this in life group lessons. You're going to hear that. You're going to see this on the walls, and you're going to hear it over and over and over. And more importantly than in a sermon, or more importantly than in a sign on a wall, my prayer is that everything we're talking about is going to be displayed in every single one of our lives. As what we're talking about becomes six months, as it becomes a year, as it becomes two years. So we've got this target out here, right? To be a church the community can't imagine being without. Okay, well, a, a, a picture out there has a frame, right? I mean, a frame holds the picture up. It puts it on the wall. Sometimes the frame can be so powerful that it draws attention to the picture. It kind of brings the picture to life. Well, that's, that's what I want to show you, our vision Frame. We've got the the vision, picture, the target. This is the frame that goes around it. So the first side of our frame is what we just got finished talking about. Let's go to the next slide. That's our mission. Now we're, good news. I'm already done talking about that. Right? We've been talking about it this morning. That's the what. You see this right here? That's this one side of the the frame. This is our what, our mission. What's our mission? What do we do here at the Heights? And everything that we do from parking a car to teaching a three-year-old Awanas to, to going to Ukraine or, or Haiti to, to going down to Petersburg to volunteering in Richmond and all of that, what we are really trying to do is connect all people to God's life and love. That's our what. That's what we're about here. That doesn't change no matter what our target is. Now, why do we do that? Well, we do that because of what we value here at the Heights. And uh, let's go to our next one. That's kind of our why. Now, these six things here are not new. They've actually been in your bulletin, believe it or not, for about the last four years. Now, you might not totally recognize them because we have reworded them. This used to say commitment to Scripture. That's still a commitment to Scripture, but it's a little bit more action-oriented. I can can say I have a commitment to Scripture in my brain, and it doesn't actually get beyond my brain. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we, we, we believe a lot of things in the Bible. We also ignore and disobey a lot of things in the Bible. So we've written this just a little bit different to say, hey, man, you know what we really value here is a life, a life that's been shaped by God's Word. That's what we value here. We look to God's Word to answer every question on this planet. We look to God's Word to answer every question inside our home, to answer every question inside this life, inside this body. We value a life shaped by the Word. Sunday fuels the lifestyle. I used to say, you know, a commitment to prayer and and to worship. Did you notice, again, how often when I read there, those three passages in Acts, it was saying they gathered, they gathered, they gathered, they gathered, they were together, they were together, they were together. You know what? We don't just value a life that leaves here and is lived well for Christ, is lived faithfully for Christ. We value the gathering that feeds that. We value the gathering that makes possible you and I leaving here in a few moments and going out there and living faithfully, living effectively for the Lord. Sunday fuels the lifestyle. we friends becomes family. That, that's our life is better connected. Everyone plays a part. That's uh, serving. We live to tell. That's witnessing. And the next generation matters now. Boy, that is, that's, that's more true than ever before in the United States. You know, it's kind of a cliche. It's been said, I think, for centuries that that the church is always one generation away from being extinct. Which is kind of an odd statement, like, like the church can cease to be. It's little c. Little c church can end. In, in, a, in a, local, a, a, a specific little c church, a, a group of churches in an area can, can kind of come to extinction. Capital C... That, that's the, the body of Christ universal. It'll, it'll never be extinct, because Jesus already said, the gates of hell cannot stand against the capital C church. But little C? I mean, folks, Europe is a tremendous picture of this. I mean, there was a place and a time where, 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 where Europe was the life of the church. I mean, that, that's where it was happening. And you know what a church is in Europe today? It's something you buy a ticket to and get a tour of. There's nothing spiritual. There's nothing of God happening in there anymore. It's just a, it's just a place you go and tour a, a, a really old building, a, a really neat-looking building. They can become extinct if we are not passing the gospel to the next generation. And, folks, this is, man, this is about so much more than having a good children's program and a youth program. Yes, I, I, obviously. There needs to be a good youth program and a good children's program. But if you think that that's all that's about is, boy, I sure hope our our church has put together a good children's program up there. Folks, this is the entire body of Christ. Has to be singularly focused, singularly minded on are we getting the next generation? And that's not just four-year-olds. That's like 20s and 30s and down. So this is, this is what we value. This is why we are trying to connect all people to a God-sized life and love. Now, when somebody comes here, how do they, how do they become a part of this church? That's our, our strategy. Let's look at this next side. There's one side. Now, here's the bottom side of the frame. Obviously, that's a super simple picture. That doesn't entail everything we are and do. It's just a simple flow. When people come to our church, primarily they're going to enter through this room, right? I mean, there'll be some that will, that will they'll get connected to our church. They'll get involved in our church, maybe in a smaller group, in, a, in an activity or something like that. But 90 plus percent of people, their, their first contact, their, their first experience with the heights is going to be sitting in this room at this hour right now going through a worship service. And if you're around here any amount of time, you know we're saying what? Connect, 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 connect. Right, man, you know what? Just no differently than what was happening right here in scripture. I, I, I don't want you just to come and be a part of a crowd. I want you to connect and become a part of a family. If this is your first time here, putting all my cards on the table. You, you, you'll, you'll know exactly what, what, what are y'all trying to do to me? Man, we're trying to make you a part of family. We 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 want you to connect. We we want you to move from the experience of being a part of a big crowd on multiple campuses to actually beginning to discover a family and a people that you're growing in Christ with and living for Christ with. We're gonna to move to connect. And we have found when this when this direction is happening, then this direction will happen. What does that mean? Folks, Jesus has sent you and me. The body of Christ, he has sent us out to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus. But he's also sent us in to minister to one another, serve one another. We serve inside the body of Christ. It's not pick a direction. Hey, once these two things happen, pick which way. No, we need to be going both directions with the entire body of Christ. Well, how do we get to these places? By moving people from worship to connection. So that's kind of our strategy. And boy, when we're cooking with grease, and every now and then we do, this is what happens. This is the win in our, in our system. Let's go to the next. There's our target. Now, I've been using the word target, and we've been talking about the target out in culture to become that church. This is an individual. When we hit the target with you, an individual inside our church. So you come here for a year, you come here for two years. Our prayer, what we're trying to do... And and, and this is being communicated to every teacher. It's being communicated, will be communicated in every ministry. Our goal is that every person here is actually measuring their lives with these questions. We're all asking, as this becomes our priority, how am I growing? How am I worshiping? Where am I investing? Where am I connecting? Where am I serving? Who am I reaching? Who am I coaching? Man, when we've got a a body of Christ for every single one of us, those are so important to us. There's hardly ever a week. That we're not stopping and, and evaluating ourselves. And, and making adjustments in how we answer those questions. So now we've got our full frame. So let me show you the picture. Okay. That, that is our entire church on a napkin. If you want to share the Heights Baptist with somebody. Here at, at Panera Bread or, or Chili's or wherever. Uh, you're, you're sitting in a restaurant. You're sitting with a cup of coffee. Or somebody walks in the door. And says, hey, what, what's this church about? What, what are y'all doing here? Th- this is what, well, you know what? Our target, the vision proper, that's kind of the center here, right? Our target is to be a church this community can't imagine being without. How, well, how are you going to do something like that? Well, it kind of begins with what we do. And, and you know what, Joe? If you were to come to our church for a week or two, I, I think you'll hear. I, I think you will hear we are all about Connecting. Uh, you're going to hear it from the pastor, you might hear it from a life group teacher, you might read it on a, on a sign on the wall. I don't think you'll have to come here very long before you, you hear that this is what we are about. Now it might take a little bit longer, Joe, but I, you know maybe if you were to stretch out from a couple weeks to a couple of months, I think you'll really begin to feel what we're about and that's it, man, we're, we're about life being shaped by the word and life is better connected in the next generation. I, I think if you're here for a couple of months, you'll really begin to feel kind of the heartbeat of this church, kind of what fuels us. And boy, if you're here that long, sooner or later, you're going to say, how do I get involved in this place? What, what's the next step I take? Well, Joe, you know, ultimately, we're trying, to, we're trying to move you through just being a part of a crowd to becoming a part of a family. Because when you're a part of a family, you're going to have your best opportunity to live most faithfully and effectively for the Lord, which means you're reaching out in the world and you're serving inside his body. And, and, and boy, Joe, if you stay here, if you go through that whole system, let me tell you, this is what's, what's going to happen in your life. You're going to become somebody that's constantly thinking about, how, how am I growing Man, how how am I, or 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 where am I investing, or who am I coaching? You'll begin to work through those things. And folks, when this system is working, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. When this thing really begins to move, it really begins to get some synergy to it. Let me tell you something: eight or four will be too small. That'll be too small of a vision for us. That, that'll be too small. If we could get 2,500, 3,000 people kind of all together moving and working through and understanding that. That's our church. That's the Heights Baptist Church. That's what we are about. If you're already a member here, that, that, that's what you are. If you're thinking about, hey, would I ever want to be a part of this church? This is what we do with you. This is where where we're taking you and why, what we want to be together. So let's kind of back up now and review what we've got. We've got a a target on the wall that in the next 10 years, the Heights Baptist will be a church that the 804 can't imagine being without. We're going to do that by expanding to five campuses, by extending the reach of Love 804 so that we have our greatest platform Our greatest ever. Doesn't matter if if everything in the culture is going another direction. We're looking to have our greatest platform ever for living the word, sharing the word, holding out the authority of the word. And as we move toward that target, we're going to do what we've been put on this earth to do. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to connect all people to God-sized life and love. That's the kind of relationships we're constantly building. And and now you've heard this morning briefly kind of the fuel behind that, what we value, the system, how we move and work people through the church, and then where we're ultimately trying to land with an individual. What what we want every individual to land on and to be the priorities in their life. So you've got this big 10-year picture out there, but that word 10, that's a tricky number, isn't it? I mean, when you say something is my goal 10 years from now, you know what that makes me do tomorrow? Absolutely nothing. I got 10 years to work on it. Well, you know what can happen when, when there's not a sense of urgency? It's pretty soon 10 years has passed and we're no further along than we were 10 years ago. So we've got to take, we, we call our 10-year vision the beyond the horizon. Man, it's the big mountain range way out there that we're, we're trying to target and get to. Well, I've got to bring a goal up a little bit more into the midground, Not so far out there in the horizon. we we got to have kind of a one-year goal. And so we have established, and we'll do this every year, what is the goal this year? So that tomorrow we are all taking steps moving toward where we want to be, what we want to be in 10 years. And our one year goal is this. Number one, it's God size it. It's just that word. We got to start thinking God size, what it takes God to do. And in this goal, it is going to take God. By the end of the first year, everyone, that's the God size word. Everyone will be evaluating themselves by our God size measures. Now, what, 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 what does that mean? Those seven, those seven questions that every person that is a part of the heights will be doing that. Everyone. You know, if you ask me, can I imagine such a thing? No, I can't. I can't even come close to that. I think a more doable goal is a matter of fact, if I was just relying on myself, I'd say, hey, let's make it 500 because I think we already have about 500 doing that. I mean, they may not have phrased it the way I just showed it, but I think we got 500 people here that that's about their price. So let's make a goal. We're already, hey, hey, guess what? Met the goal. Pastor deserves a raise. (laughs) But, you know, we don't want to do the things just we can do. So let's do this. Let's double it. Let's double it. How about if we say by the end of the first year, a thousand will be doing that. That'd be pretty challenging. I, I think that'd be hard. Uh, yeah, that's, we're going to have to pray about that. That's going to take God to do. So why didn't we put a number there? Why didn't we say a 1,500? Why did we put everyone? Because, folks, that's just God's will, period. Why would we be aiming at something, trying to be something that is far below God's idea? You, you think God looks at us and says, mm, Boy, I'm going to tell you something, man, if I could get about 20% of them, really measuring themselves with a priority of following Christ, that'd be awesome. No, God's goal's not 20% of us or 30% of us or 50 God's goal is everyone, every single person. And folks, when I say I see this challenging, it's not because I think little of myself in, in teaching and leading us there. It's not because I think little of you, oh, y'all ain't going to do this. Y'all a bunch of worthless good for nothing. No, that's not it. Show me a human institution anywhere on this earth where 100% buy-in is taking place. That's not not true of a 15-person baseball team. It's it's, it's not true of a baseball team. It's not true of a company. It's not true of a a church. There's never 100% buy-in. Do you know what? Last week, I think we looked at a verse, didn't we? God said, "If you'll shoot for what I'm shooting for, I'll do in your midst what you can't imagine." Well, God, I can't imagine everyone. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll believe in it. I'll pray in it. Next week, we'll start preaching on the measures. That I mean that'd be, I mean, if everyone's going to buy in, we've got to start somewhere, right? We, we, we got to start teaching them. We got we to get that. That'll be the kind of the exciting thing next week versus the last two, last two weeks weekend kind of corporate level next week. Really start to get to where you can personally apply. Begin to evaluate. Look at your own walk with Christ and how that walk of Christ is engaging with a church body. But that's, that's where we're aiming at. That's our vision priority uh, for this coming year. And so, folks, what I've shown you here today is kind of what our staff is already doing, what some of our leadership throughout the church is just barely beginning to do. We're beginning to understand this whole frame that we're working in and how every decision we make has to tie to this. Does does all the things on our calendar, does, does all that relate to this? Is it serving this purpose? What about our budget? Is everything in our budget? What about all of our ministries? What, what, what about uh, all the roles in those? men? Man, it's looking at every single one of those things and bringing it into alignment. And the good news is, I don't think we have anything like super far out of alignment. I don't think there's anything we're just gonna, well, that's a, that doesn't serve any purpose at all. Let's just get rid of it. I, I don't think we got anything like that. But boy, I think we can do a lot better tr- training and, and, and defining some, like you take some simple, uh, an usher. What's the job of an usher? Well, it's to hand out, bulletins and guard the door right <laughs> oh and yeah if you need to find a seat they'll they'll help you do that too those three things couldn't be further from what the job of an usher is those might be three activities while they do their job but those things have nothing to do with what an usher is you take what an usher is outside of that picture an usher may be our most profound opportunity to communicate to somebody that's here for the first time or maybe is just been here a couple of times over several months to communicate hey we love you we want to help you I I want to make this place your family as a matter of fact the the usher the parking lot attendant and the greeter those three roles probably are our most profound opportunity to begin a relationship with somebody well that's a that's a whole new way of under and that's the exciting thing all this I think it's going to raise to a whole new level anything and everything we do inside this church. So we're, we're, that's, we're just kind of at the beginning of all that alignment. One one decision we're making or one, one thing we're going to be doing here real, real soon is uh, we're going to be changing the sign out front. Now, when I say change it, I don't mean we're tearing it down. Uh, it's we're, The kind of change we're going to make is like what, if I didn't announce it like six months from now, you'd say, did you all change the sign? It, very minimal. But what we're doing is we're, we're changing the, the name of the sign out there. It says Colonial Heights Baptist we're going to change that to the Heights Baptist. It actually makes me nervous telling you that. I would imagine for a lot of you, all you've ever known this place as is the Heights Baptist Church. And so you're thinking, oh, well, I don't, I don't even see what the big deal is. Well, the big deal is five years ago, I stood about right here and said, we're not changing the sign out front. Now, in defense of the pastor, there's not a lot of times that's happened. But, but I said that in ignorance. Ignorance. You know, when, when we started referring to ourselves as the Heights is when we started our Midlothian campus, and we had kind of a tricky thing there. When you've got a church named after a street, named after a neighborhood, named after a city, named after a location, and now all of a sudden we're seeking to be a church in multiple locations that have other names, you kind of need a name that transfers, And so back then we said, hey, our name is Colonial Heights Baptist, but we're going to start using this nickname, if you will, the Heights Baptist. And we've gotten pretty good at doing that. As a matter of fact, that's how most people know us now. And so, but when we have these campuses, and this already happens when we just have two, people from different campuses go to other campuses for various reasons in the course of a year. And when you pull up to a campus, you don't want to look at the sign and go, I wonder why they have a different name here. You, you want them to pull up to the sign and go, ah, I'm home. The, the Heights Baptist Church, Midlothian campus. The Heights Baptist Church, Colonial Heights campus. The Heights Baptist Church, wherever God leads us in 2020 next campus. You, you know, you, you, you want the sign, you want it to immediately say your family lives here you're home now we've actually run into a, a kind of a practical problem because we've gotten a pretty good at communicating ourselves as the heights baptist uh i've got multiple stories of celebrate recovery of uh, some concerts our game dinner a couple of years ago i mean if you stop and think about who a sign's for it's for the person that's driving here for the very first time and, and when they pull up and they see the sign what's that multiple stories they pull into our parking lot and then they call you they call a friend or they call the church and say, I'm looking for the Heights Baptist Church. But the only thing I can find is Colonial Heights Baptist Church. I'm sitting in their parking lot. Where, where is your church? Now, I don't know. It seems to me like that's close enough. They ought to get it. I mean, don't we all know that Randy comes out of Randall? Pat comes out of Patricia. Can not we make the connection there? But, but you know what? They're consistently not making the connection. It it looks like two different places so we need to align that and you know what the truth is we have a better understanding now of what we're doing with campuses where we're going with campuses than back when we started our first campus and so we got we got to bring a sign into alignment that says hey our neighborhood is not midlothian it's not colonial heights it's it's not dinwiddie it's not ashland our our neighborhood's the 804 and we want a name that communicates wherever we are. You know, at the end of the day, folks, it's not about a sign. It's not about this ministry or that ministry, this role or that role. At the end of the day, it's just about one thing. Connecting everybody we can. Connecting everybody we can to God-sized life and love. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that every single thing we do inside this process that's been presented uh, Every decision that is made, God, I pray it is made for our love for Jesus Christ and our desire to build on Christ, the church of Christ, the body of Christ. Oh, Lord, every decision we make, everything we put in place, everything we try to build, it is on the cornerstone. It's on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Everything we build in our individual lives, it's on Christ. Everything we build as a church, it's on Christ. It's for His glory. It's for Your honor. Oh, Jesus, may it be so. Oh God, I pray we could be a campus, a church, at the, an entire 804. Multitudes are coming to, and even those that don't like us have an awe and a respect. God, I pray that happens because they see us out in our community, in our world, living your goodness, living your love. God, would you help us to do just that? It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.